thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Related Views Podcast with Fig and Little. Related views, because, you know, we're related. A weekly podcast with Gen X versus Millennial views through lived experiences with life lessons we've learned along the way. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. You are now on with Big and Little. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of the Related Views podcast with me, your host, Ken, a.k.a. Big, and my co-host, Tony, a.k.a. Little. Don't forget to hit us up on social media on Instagram at Related Views. If you want to email us, it's relatedviews at gmail.com, and you can find us on YouTube. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend, spread the word. Before we start today, I want to throw out a huge shout out to my good friend Rob on Instagram at Sports Card Therapist, uh, who's totally helped us so much of getting this podcast up and running uh, from the great advice of all the software, of everything we use, even, even the, uh, the, the picture you see uh, when, you, when you go to it. He created that for us. He's just been, been a huge help, and I just want to give him a great big shout out. So uh, today's episode, Life changing. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Ken. Uh, (laughs) Immediately off to a rough start. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm doing good. Um, Ready to jump in with some life changes here. Um, now, I know you got your dogs over there, and one just had surgery, so we're not going to be upset when when the dog starts crying or, or howling. She's pretty good. It's this one that's a little more needy. He's always in my lap. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's real. We got Winnie over here. She got a donut on. Yeah. Uh, trying to keep her away from her stitches. When, Mar- when Marley had some surgery, we, we referred to her as first class when she wore the little donut that you see everybody in the airplane wearing. Yeah. Well, well, like I told you, the vet gave her the biggest cone. I mean, she's she's dragging it. She couldn't even walk. She's just standing there waiting for me to pick her up. Yeah. And they can't they can't eat. They're trying to put their face in the bowl and the floor, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true tunnel vision. She's just sitting there waiting for me to pick her up, can't do anything. So I had to go buy her a donut. She's she's a lot more comfortable. All right, so let's get into it. Uh you know, we're we're calling it life changing. Usually, life changing means you've made changes in your life at certain points of your life. Um, I mean, just looking back at your your millennial life, because I mean, you're only thirty one. You're not that old yet. But you know, for you, the best advice you ever got, and 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 how it changed you. What what difference did it make in your life? So my, you know, I, I think it's hard to talk about one specific advice. Um, I think a lot of them lead to the next or, you know, lead you to that one. I will say that a huge aspect of my life and how I've gone gotten to where I am is my college coach, John Bransfield, where he he had all a lot of um, sayings, if you will, that I think are I take his advice. He, he quoted the dead a lot. That was just so accurate to the moment. And um, we're we're going to talk about at the end, you know, I'm, I'm giving the life lesson here. It's a quote actually that he turned me on to from uh, Soren Kierkegaard. We'll get into that. I think 
the best advice that I've gotten so far is, I don't I guess worry about myself. Uh, it's very straightforward, you know, and I was even watching um, a video someone posted today on Instagram of a teacher going, talking to her class. It was supposed to be the first day of class. And she said, um, you can't look to your left and right. You, all you can do is what you can do and be better than yourself. You know, you yesterday be better today. If you start comparing yourselves to other, you're just going to be miserable. You know, there's always makes me think of the talking head song. Um, you know, you might find yourself in a large automobile or this and that, you know, you're, you're always, and it's someone always has a beautiful life. Then yeah. <laughs> the days go by, but uh, yeah, everyone's always got, someone else always has something more and you're going to be envious, but I think you need to, to worry about you and, uh, and it's so much easier said than done, but what, what are your thoughts? I, I, I think what you're saying, I can, I understand what you're saying. I think it's okay to be envious of what other people have, because I think I've spent my life watching other people and seeing what other people have and saying to myself, how did they get that? And then mm -hmm. I, and I would really observe them and I'd really get to know the people. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I lived my life, you know, uh, uh, you know, my, my childhood growing up, uh, you know, we, we, we lived paycheck to paycheck week to week. And, and, and that's the way I, you know, that's what I learned growing up. And, and when I got into my twenties and then my thirties, and I started looking at other people and seeing, well, people really don't live that way you know, and observing how other people live. And I started saying, I just want to be better. I want to be a better person. What made, you know, what is the difference between myself and them? And, and how can I start achieving some of the things other people, you know, so I think just observing, I think it's okay to, to look to your left and your right a little bit and see the people that, you know, what they have, because I think it, it encourages you to, 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 to want more. If, if it's treated correctly. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. You know, I, if it affects you in that way, if you take it that way, I think there are a lot of people who will look at it and be like, oh, you know, forget him. He's so lucky. He's, but if you use it in that way and that's how you react to it is, you know what? I could get there. I can, yeah. you know, let me just see what they did to get there. I can do it. Yeah. But on the other hand, if someone's like, I'm never going to get there, then I, I can see where it's disheartening. So yeah, I guess you have to use your perspective and react in the, the appropriate way to, benefit from it i mean i used to hear that old saying people used to say oh they want for nothing or those kids want for nothing and they used to say well how did they get that way how did they get to that you know how how do i get to want for nothing how do i get there and i think that's why that's what's made the difference of me in my life is is may, maybe you know a lot of adversity being younger and saying okay uh, i've got through all that I mean, I've got through the hard stuff. This got to be the easy stuff now, right? Just trying to figure out how to a be a better person and and b live a better life. You know, look at the people. You know, you can look at the people around you and say, you know, I, you don't want to exactly be like this person, but you'd like to have the things they have, or you want to be comfortable and you not want to have to worry about money or, or or things like that. So, you know, the the everybody worries about something. Yeah. Right. Nobody, nobody worries about nothing. Everybody worries about something, but it's, some it's people worry about everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's what you choose I mean, to worry about, really. Yeah. I know? mean, even 
my, my dad always tells me, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's, it's never enough. Like you always want more. You always want more. It's yeah. you know, until you're that super billionaire, that money doesn't mean anything anymore. You, yeah. It's never enough. Cause yeah. then you, you live better you buy more things yeah. and then you're just right and, back. And, in the same and I was that person. I would yeah. spend that money every time I got a raise. I would, and then finally somebody said to me, you know, you should invest. I mean, we've got this great, like I work for the state. We talked about that last week. You should invest in this. You should put money into this and you should put money into that. And I'm like, Oh, I got this retirement. What do, what do I need to do? And they're like, well, I mean, your retirement, that's okay. It's going to be money that's going to, you know, where the state has this pension, you're going to receive, but it's not going to be a lot of money. I mean, you're going to need, you know, you're going to need other sources of income. Yeah. Other, yeah, I, other, other I, never even, I never even thought of that. <clears throat> there, no, no time in my life, in my household, growing up, did anybody ever talk about investments, stocks, bonds, 401s, nothing, right? So I knew nothing about it. I'm like, oh, tell me more. Right. And it got to a point in my life. And I'm going to tell you, that's that's, you know, when I'm asking you some of the best advice you ever got, that's one of the best adv- things that, that I ever got. Somebody came to me and said, you really should you start investing. Money away. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I can tell you, I paid that back because working for the state, I when I realized what this was all about. I started putting, you know, money in and money in and money into the all these investments. Every time I got a raise, I would put it in. And when I was close to retirement and these young people were coming in, I used to say to them, you know, make an investment, you know, and start putting money, even if it's $20 a paycheck, put it in. And and even as a as a generational thing where where my daughter, right, when 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 she started her first job. Right. I told her, do they have a 401k? Start putting money in that. Yeah. You know, so that was that was the whole match. Yeah. Put it in. Yeah. These are the things I think we should add into the school curriculum, you know, like public school. Like, all right, I get it. You got to learn algebra. You got to learn all this stuff. But like, what about these life skills? And I've heard this said by a million other people, but within school, they taught you, listen, put some money away. You're going to need it, you know, like, and how to, because it's so hard to, to just figure it out. I think everyone thinks they understand how to like save money, but there, it's, it's really a, a craft. It's hard. It's not easy. It's very, it's easy to spend the money. It's hard not to. I, I was just having a conversation with somebody about being back in high school and there was a class and, and I don't even remember what it was called, but in that class, it taught you the responsibility of a checking account and, and paying your bill, but it was all about paying, taught you how to pay your bills. It taught, mm-hmm. it taught you that, you know, it, it, this is a checkbook. And when your bill shows up, this is how you write a check. And this is how you, it never even told you how to balance the checkbook. It just ta- taught you how to pay your bills. Pay your bills. Right. So that. I, you, I would, I bet you there's a lot of people my age who have never written a check. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 30. I'm not that young. I'm 31. Yep. I, you know, they've always used credit cards or this. Um, yeah. I've, I've even have. A, friend recently so you still pay your utilities with a check i just have them all the pull it from my my account i'm like yeah like i want control of that i don't want them to just be able to take 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 yeah i want and i want to see it when they just take it i don't always go look at the account i want to see when it shows up like okay how much was it how much in plan yeah yeah some people are like that i mean i i started out writing checks and now i pay everything online 
Yeah. You know? And I find that to be so convenient because I used to panic. I'd be driving in the car, going somewhere and be like, oh my God, what's the date? I forgot, I, you know, I forgot to send this check off or something like that. I used to panic all the time. So having it automatic payment, you know, and, and you mentioned credit cards, that would bring me to another great piece of advice I was given, you know, at a, a, a probably in my thirties and somebody said, I, I was talking about making, you know, a credit minimum payment on a credit card. And they said, what are you doing to like, just giving money away. Yeah. Ne ne yeah. Never carry a balance on your credit card, pay that off everyone. And you can't afford it. Don't buy it. You know, because, you know, if you go back at the end of the year and you look at, you look at, you, you know, your credit card will send you a statement at the end of the year, how much interest you paid. And it just happened to be at the time where that was happening. He said, go look at your, go. and I went and looked and I was like, oh my God. And he said, that's all your money. That's yeah. your money. You're, you're giving, giving it, it away. You're just, just giving it away. And, and, the bar and to use your money. Yeah. Yeah. I took, I took, it took me probably six months to pay off that credit card. And I've never carried a balance ever on a credit card again. I paid it every, every single month. And I tell that to people and, and some people look at me and shake their head and say, I could never do that. But I mean, you, you, it's a choice though. Don't, Go out yeah, but, for dinner a couple times a night. Don't but, you know? But I, I, think, I, it's easier said than not. I struggle yeah, with that. Yeah. I'm like, wait me. I, I work hard. I want to go have dinner, even when I shouldn't. Yeah. But, but I think, I think you're being hoodwinked a little bit. And, mm. and when you really think about it, is e even that dinner, or, or buying an item. And I'll just give you a for an example. If you go and you buy an item for a hundred dollars, right, and your credit card is say twenty six percent or twenty nine percent. And you buy something for a hundred dollars and you don't pay off that balance the next month, that same item costs you 126 or $129. Right. Yeah. You know, and if you don't pay it the next month, right at the end, at the end that $100 item may have cost you, cost you seven or $800 after you're making small payments or, or, or maybe even more. So yeah. that, I mean, I don't think people realize that. And I, I, I stress that to people all the time, you know, that that was probably a really great piece of advice that I got. And and when I looked at the interest I was paying every year, I mean, that was all money back in my pocket, my money back in my own pocket. Right? So they told you you were getting hoodwinked. <laughs> it's an old, yeah. When's the last time you use that hoodwinked? <laughs> yeah, no, I use it a lot, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I want to use the, uh, you know, the BS word instead, but a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, we talked about my, my, on the last podcast that I just try to be a nice guy when I'm talking to people. I never want to seem like I'm a problem. You know, I want to, yeah. see, you know, so, plus, so, so I'll use words like hoodwinked instead of the BS word. Plus, plus we told Apple we're kid friendly. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to offend anybody. You don't know when you're going to offend anybody. So I, you know, I always, whenever I'm having a conversation with anybody, I'm just thinking everybody around me would be offended. It, it, like at the smallest, at the smallest thing. So I. That, try that's a cult. That's a culture we live, live in now. Everyone's yeah. quick to, yeah. oh what, oh yeah. what, you know. I, yeah. I think it's yeah. empowering to them. Um, but yeah. maybe that's maybe that's for another episode. Yeah. That's not for this. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think Disney would probably use that word hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah. I'm G rated. <laughs> um, but yeah. Let me. Uh, so let me ask you this. The people that you consider most successful now in your life, you know, whether it be monetary or whether it be 
with family, whatever, you know, um, the way they enjoy life, whatever it is, what traits do you see that they have? Well, what do you see? And, you know, there might, maybe they're different from person to person, but more I'm looking for kind of a, do you see a common theme of traits for successful people? And I guess success could be defined in whatever, but, but shoot. I, I would have to answer that question um, two ways. One, I think people who face a lot of adversity when they're young, for whatever reason, uh, and I can give you a personal experience of my own, um, is I didn't realize until I was, I was an, a teacher, I was an educator, that I was dyslexic. But I did realize as a kid that I was different from everybody else. So I had to, I was in my mind, I was always figuring out a way to be equal to everybody, but I had to work a little harder, right? So I couldn't be like, I could read, but if I read the book, I never comprehended what I read. So of course, I mean, I don't know about today, but back when I was a kid, every everything you did in school, it was a book report due. So I used to kind of go through go through the book and I would just pick out things that I could say, okay, I'm just going to take this piece out of this chapter. I'm going to write about it. And I would, and all the other kids would write about kind of the same thing. I would be the only one that wrote about something completely different. And the teachers <laughs> would always like, wow, that, that's really interesting. And everyone, I to, thought, everyone thought you were brilliant, but you were yeah, just making yeah. it up as you but, went. But, but I was <laughs> working, just trying not to be embarrassed. I was working twice as hard as everybody else just to get the same, you know, and then I figured out, hey, I'm on to something here. Like I can get through all this stuff. I memorize, I could memorize things very well too. So that helped me get through. So, so just, I think people, and like with me, I viewed in my life, I viewed things differently. I always felt, and I, and I always bring things back to sports, but I always felt like I was always kind of like a running back, right? That I was always with the ball and I was just always looking for the opportunities. I would mm -hmm. sit back, I would observe. And when I saw that the hole was open, that opportunity was there, I, I, I'd go for it, right? Because in my mind, that's the way things work. So when I, when I think about people that have a lot of adversity, I think that they, they've developed um, skills to really propel them to be successful. The other side of that, which would be completely the complete opposite end of that spectrum, I think very successful people have a great supporting cast. Yeah. Right. So, so somebody who 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 says at a very young age, I know exactly what I want to do, I know exactly what I want to be, and I'm going to go for it. And they 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 go into their life doing that, and then they meet somebody that's going to be their partner, right? Their wife uh, or husband, and a really great supporting cast. And and I think what happens is it, it, it they're they're able to to have one direction and both move in the same direction. And I think that's really a recipe of success. I think when you when you meet somebody who is very successful, you look not only at their partner, but who they've surrounded themselves with. And if they yeah. have a great supporting cast, it, it, it was it was easier for them to get to where they want to be. Yeah. yeah, they they say you are the company you keep. Yeah. 
four, you know, if, if there's four people in a room talking about money, you're going to be the fifth one talking about ways to invest with there's four people talking about why life sucks. And you're in that room. You're going to be the fifth one talking about why life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you I, I very much. So, so at, from me, so, so there's, there's a, a Gen X point of view from a millennial point of view. What, what do you think? What do you see? Um, what makes successful people? What do you, I, yeah. I think right now the people who are really flourishing around my age are the ones who are able to, um, and I guess it really goes with what you're saying, but figure it out. And I don't know if it's a lot of adversity at this point, because I know a lot of people have been given the world growing up, but yet I don't know if they feel they owe it to their parents for giving it to them or, you know, what it be, but that, that, ability to if you have a problem go find the solution i think that's the biggest thing is having that grit to figure it out um i i even think like everyone says school is really hard i don't think you have to be brilliant or really really smart to do good to get even straight a's i think you have to have a work ethic to work through it and when it when it gets hard to not say this is too hard but okay what's the next step i'll push along you know and my I'll relate it to my dad's. My dad's a mechanic. He's really good. Um, I consider him really good. Uh, I'm less crafty at it. And I will reach points where I'm just like, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't figure this out. You know, where, and then I know in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, if I just calm down and like try it again, try it again, try it again. But I, I feel I give up too easy in that one um, area. Yep. You know, so I, I think if you, the, the most successful people just don't give up. They're just willing to go and go and go. And that that's hard. It takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of um, push and mental strength. Yeah. And I think they understand their superpower too. I call it a superpower. I mean, everybody's a little different. And I think, I think the people who can figure out their superpower and how they can use it to their advantage, you know, mm -hmm. and I always say I'm a visual learner. And, and the greatest thing that ever happened to me was YouTube. Like anything in my house breaks, anything at all, right? So all I do is yeah, I just yeah. pull up YouTube because there's a video on how to fix it. And and it's perfect for me. I mean, that's 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 my superhero strength right there. You know, just let me see how it's done. I can watch it okay. and I can I, I can go do the same thing. I, I can copy what they're doing. I've done this. Whole there's not a video. Yeah. <laughs> there's a video for everything. Trust I, me. Did, I just put in a new um, piece, a new... Um, I forget what it's called, a piece to my water heater, and it was really new. And I, I couldn't figure out how to adjust the temperature to what to put it at. So I went on YouTube, and there was just five videos of people like, can't figure it out. Anyone can help me? <laughs> <laughs> First time ever. Yeah. And I mean, I do that with my computer business. I mean, I'd be the first one to say there's, you know, a lot of laptops are the same, but there's not never two different two laptops that are the same. But a lot of them are similar, but not the same. And I've got to mm -hmm. take these things apart on a daily basis and replace parts and and this and that. And somebody's already done it for me. I before YouTube, I would have to sit there and figure out and go through this screw, that screw. Now I just pull up the video. You know, I could get stuff apart in 10, 10 12 minutes. You know, it's yeah. made my life easier. But you, you think about it. I mean, that it's only showed up since the 90s. Right. I mean, before that. Well, that, that makes me think. So I listened to it years ago. One of the first podcasts I listened to was Serial. 
Um, the first one was a woman did, um, she was really following like a murder, um, of this At, girl. Uh, or yep, what was yep. it? I, I remember it well. Yeah. Uh, so, but the second one, it was a guy, I forget his name, but he went down and he was talking to this guy, um, in Alabama, I want to say somewhere down South Alabama, yep. maybe. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, he, he made all his money doing old, uh, grandfather clock work. And yep. it's not like. There's no schematics for that. You got it. And everyone's different. There was like a hand, everything was handmade from years ago. So they look for um, like impressions and they, I forget what they call them. I actually, it's funny because I was trying to listen to our podcast yesterday morning. And then that came up as an old podcast and it started playing and it, it talked just about that. So that's funny. No coincidences in life, huh? Yeah. Funny that comes up. You think about it though, back to back then, everything was a skill. Like yeah. pe people that fixed clocks and watches. I mean, there used to be a store for that. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, there was a store. There was a store for everything. There was a cobbler. Remember, remember there was Cheshire, the, the watch factory? Yeah. I mean, the there was a store factory. for everything. All those. I mean, I think the Internet's put most of those stores out of business. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, sure there's still those crafts are just not valued anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. It, it was certainly it was it was life changing in the <laughs> Internet. <laughs> Uh, I was I was lucky enough to to you know with computers to where I was right at the perfect age to me that was you know and and to get into the computer industry when I did on the ground floor it, it was it was very lucky I was very lucky to, yeah. to just be be the right age at the right time yeah so we we were going to we'll tell everyone out there we we're going to name this week's episodes adjustments originally and we changed it um and, and the whole idea behind it was you know the small kind of like what you say in the beginning ken in that beginning intro um what small changes in your life or small things that you didn't even realize had the greatest impact um looking back on it we ended up changing that but what so so let me let me jump into a question here just to kind of bring that back up a little bit you know you just mentioned the computer business what do you think is something that's been super small in your life that you at the time maybe you thought was real small but ended up changing your life and the direction that you've been in and shoot what do you got um probably the biggest thing that that in my life that changed the direction of my life um, I was managing a rental car agency fresh out of college and a gentleman came in to rent a car that was hiring for the first retail computer store in Connecticut. And he rented a car from me and he flew it, flew in from Texas, but he flew in and out of Tweed Airport, New Haven. And when he called to rent the car, he said, could you pick me up and drop me off? So this is going back before you know, um, enterprise where you see all these cars where we'll pick you up and drop you yeah, up. Right? Like that was, un yeah. that was kind of unheard of. And I said, I said, yeah, we could do that. And I had people working for me. I was the manager. And for whatever reason that day, um, I just, I said to somebody, I just want to get out of the office. I'm going to go pick this guy up. And I went over to the airport and I picked him up and we started talking and, and he was explaining everything he was doing. I set him up in a car and he said, Hey, can you drive me back to the airport? No problem. So, I mean, a long story short, he came back. Um, I drove him back there. 
And when I dropped him off, he said, here's my card. Send me a resume. I said, okay. I sent him a resume. I didn't hear anything for about six months. And he called me to rent the car again because they were opening the store. And when I picked him up at the airport and brought him back to the office, he said, well, that was our interview. I'd like to offer you a job at the store. He goes, I really like you. He goes, I really think that you're going to be great, you know, a great employee for this store. I had no idea I was being interviewed. I had no idea he was even considering me for a job. But but taking that job, that experience and taking that job completely changed my life. It, yeah. it started me with computers and I've been involved in computers ever since. That was 1988. That was the year my daughter Crystal was born. And, 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 you know, all these years later, I'm still working with computers and, and I'm collecting a pension from teaching computers. Grateful yeah. dad calls that a simple twist of fate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how could you have ever even tried to plan that? Yeah. You could, I could have yeah. never planned it. No. Yeah. And we, we talked about, I talked about, you know, the, the obstacle course my life is in. I mean, that was the first one. That was, that was a hurdle. I didn't even know I was hurdling. Yeah. Imagine being like behind the scenes, like, all right, here he comes, here he comes, you know, trying to plan that again. Get yeah. in the car, go, go, pick him up. <laughs> um, how about you? How about you? What do you have? And any little, little, little thing in your life that's, that's, that's changed things. I know you started in, you were, you were a great gymnast at one time and you ended up being a diver and yeah. Um, I've had a lot of big changes I feel in my life. Um, I don't know. I, I do think, I don't know the little decisions I struggle with. Cause I think I, I, I feel everything is big. You know, I, I am a, a true believer in fate and destiny and that's going to come back in later when I'm, I'm teaching my lesson, you know, <laughs> giving my life lesson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I, I think, and this is kind of like a black mark on my record, but when I got kicked out of private school, I think that was life altering. I think I was on one path. And when that happened, it really just opened up to an array of like what, what could happen. Um, I think, you know, switching in the wrestling instead of going to school for diving, I think that's a huge moment for me. And then switching again a year after that, um, or I mean, instead of going for gymnastics, sorry. And then switching a year after that, cause I didn't like it into diving. I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest, you know, it's funny. I bring them up twice in this episode. I think meeting, meeting and spending four years with my college coach, I think he really opened my mind to a lot of, um, you know, new ways of being just new, new ways of existence, which was pretty cool. You know, a lot of quotes to look into, yeah. but, um, and even the diving, right? I mean, when you left, you how long did you coach college? I mean, still in, yeah. That I mean, I got out. I dove for four years. I got out and I started coaching Division One springboard diving. It was my eighth year. You know, I, I traveled. To, I did it for two years in Connecticut. Went to West Virginia for a while. Down there, spent a couple years in New Orleans in my later twenties, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> check out New Orleans if you haven't gone. Um, we we'll probably do a whole episode in new orleans but uh yeah then i came home and i just that ex those experiences you know how and I, I wasn't getting paid much you know less in west virginia than new orleans but using that as 
um, the way to get out from I wanted an adventure, you know, and I figured it out. Yeah. I, I didn't save any money like we talked about earlier, but <laughs> I racked up my credit cards. Oh, yeah. Still paying it off. But no, it's, you know, I know yeah. the price on the experience. Yeah. But but you know what I and I think that's that's really I mean I guess people my age have did that too but your generation there's a lot of FOMO you know there's a oh, lot yeah. of like it, it's with everything it's go big or go home it's it's you know even even uh, even in as far as investing in stocks I was just going to bring that up you had mentioned that earlier yeah yeah I mean you can't they don't want to go up and hit a single or a double they don't want to make an investment and get like a three five or a seven percent interest or no, I mean they want they want a four hundred fifty percent interest in five weeks and if it doesn't happen it was the worst stock ever and yeah and, I, I want to buy Bitcoin at you know a dollar fifty. And have it go to 44 grand. What is that? 44K right now? <laughs> yeah, but it's down. I mean, it was at, it was up to in the 60s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, all right. Look, we're getting late in the episode. Uh, you want to drop your life lesson? Yeah. Uh, Danish theologist Soren Kierkegaard. Uh, not to bring him up for a third time, but like I said, college coach turned me on to this guy. He, he's pretty good. His, um, his quote is, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward, forwards. And I picked that knowing um, of our theme, kind of, you know, I, I, I know we changed it, but not being able to, I, I believe that quote is not being able to, in the moment, see what this like what this moment, what this decision, what this interaction is going to lead to. And looking back, how many times, like we did today, you know, could have never guessed that yeah. me, you going out on that one drive to pick up the guy has, you know, what if, what if some other being came down and said, Hey, you need to go on this drive. And like, what, why, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but not being able to understand it in the moment. Yeah. But and, and even the, the, that that's a positive description, but even a negative description, either either a loss or, yeah. or losing something or doing something and and it, and it being a negative experience, if you can learn from it. And I kind of feel what that's what that quote saying, like mm -hmm. you have to lose to win sometimes. Like like if you don't if you don't know the feeling of losing, then the feeling of winning is never as good as it could feel. Yeah. Well, you have to have both sides of the spectrum. You can't yeah. have good without bad. Then it's yeah. just nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's, there's merit in everything and everything. I always say life is everything in life is just an exercise, you know, getting fired from a job. What was it? Oprah fired from like three jobs before she became a super millionaire, you know, famous yeah. uh, talk show host. And um, I mean, I, I, I Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I worked a job I hated. I mean, uh, uh, when I was fresh out of college, I worked a job I hated so much. I hated this. I, I all week long, I was like, I can't wait for the weekend. Or Friday would come, I'd be so excited that Friday was here. And I Friday night and Saturday, and then Sunday, I would be depressed because I know the next day, I Monday morning, I had to go back back to work again. But when I finally left that job, Right. It was like I knew what it was like to hate a job. 
to be and there. I would never change that experience because then when I got to a job I liked, I'm like, oh my God, this is so much better. I mean, I felt like a victory. I felt like I won the lottery or something, you know, when yeah. I because well, they, they say that that's you know, glad I went through it, but would never want to go through it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I even, everybody should experience a really crappy job. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's all just it's all just a lesson. Yeah. You know, and and even like you said, the, the losing is I think the losing is a bigger part than winning. Like when you win and everything goes good. Yeah. It, it's whatever. It's the losing that makes you have to go. It's that adversity that you talked about. Have to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. I mean, look at look at the story with Jimmy V, Jimmy Valvano and um the NC State, you know, when he, he brought the team to the national championship that year, um, their star player who was winning all the games for him got, you know, I think he broke his ankle and they're like, all right, he's out for the year. And, you know, that looking back now in that moment, they're, they, they're like, oh, man, how could we ever do this? But that forced the rest of the team to step, step up. up, to yeah. to become, be able to play as a team without him. And then he healed quick and came back and now he had a full team that he could rely on. You know, it's yeah. not just one player. It's, they were all good. It's, and that is that destiny that like you, ha it couldn't have worked if that didn't happen. So in his After absence, they stepped up their game. And then when he came back, they were that much better. Yeah. They, yeah. they were a, a championship team after that. And they were not in the beginning. Yeah. You know, they had to go through it. It's, and again, just like that quote, have to live life forward can only be understood backwards. Like they, in that moment, why is this happening to us? We had a chance, you know, but like they didn't even realize they probably didn't with, with him at that moment. Yeah. Good. All right. So we're getting down to the end of the episode here. Uh, we're going to close it out. Uh, so next week, I think we're going to uh, talk about the people you surround yourself with, you know, who's, who's in your, uh, your posse, you know, who, who, who's your supporting cast? Who's in your wolf pack? Again, did, did you just say posse? Yeah. Yeah. I could have, I could have said entourage, right? <laughs> um, yeah. We, we kind of talked on it uh, today a little bit, but we'll, we'll uh, extrapolate yeah. more next week. Yeah. All right, Tone. Good talking. All right, big Ken. We'll do this again next week. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.